Welcome to Canucks After Dark. Here are your hosts, Parker Hallowell and Clay Emo. Good evening, Vancouver. A night where the Canucks don't play and they don't play tomorrow, so we can be happy for just a couple of days and not disappointed. Welcome to Canucks After Dark. I hope you are well on a very, very, very stormy Monday uh, here. A nice and early show, albeit still after dark. And as always, joined by my co-host, Canuck Clay Emo. How are you doing tonight? I'm good, Parker. I miss being in your lovely apartment, but I guess, uh, you know, got to get back to normal a little bit. What do you think is worse, the storm outside or the way the Canucks have played this past week? It has to be the storm. <laughs> the storm's a lot more impactful on life, right, but right. Um, I, I think it's a good sort of um, physical, natural representation of what's going on with the team as well. Um, <sighs> as they say, when it rains, it pours, right? Um, yes. so we do have, um, a lot. I usually say there's a lot of fun stuff for us to talk about tonight. That would be a lie. Um, we have four losses to talk about, uh, four Canucks losses, four in a row after a fun win against Dallas right before our last show. And we were like, all right, it just, they're, they're one game below 500. It's, they just got to get a win and turn it around. And then they lost and then they lost and they lost and they lost. So, um, we're going to basically talk about, you know, what needs to change. I think the title of this episode is why are the Canucks broken? Um, and the thumbnail says fire this team into the sun. Um, so, uh, yeah, we do. We're going to talk about, you know, quick recap on the four games. Again, we don't want to relive them too much. Uh, we will talk about um, what this means for the team, uh, the big picture issues from the last week. Uh, and we do have a couple of positive things to talk about. I think we have two. And they're going to be like the very end of the show. So, oh, I don't even know. Uh, okay, I'll be surprised. I can't wait. Uh, here, you know what? Why don't we? Let's start with something fun and happy and good. Let's oh. let's bring the mood up to start the show. All uh, right, Ty- Tyler Mott's back. Yay! How, did he play much last night? Probably yeah, not. How many, hey. how many minutes? He played twelve and a half. Yeah. So not the lowest on the team. Good yeah. job, Tyler Mott. Glad he's back, honestly. Uh, it didn't fix the penalty kill, though. Um, okay, let's do our quick recap of the game. Unless there's anything, or the games, unless there's anything you wanted to, uh, you had to bring up to start. Well, I'll, let's set the table, Parker. We were in such a good mood last last week at your place. We were in the same place. Second time we've ever met in person. Hanging out, people in the chat, all optimistic, coming off that win. And then I think I, you, and the chat, we collectively agreed that predicted <laughs> that the connects were going to go two one and one five out of the eight points boy yeah beat the ducks twice maybe lose oh. to colorado and ot lose to vegas things are fine ah uh, yeah we were a little they, off they got one point this week we we predicted five they got one we were only <laughs> off by four that's a pretty small number true so week started off uh tuesday night night after we did our show uh, Canucks lost that first one three to two in overtime to the Anaheim Ducks. And this is a game they trailed by two um, it, for basically with 10 minutes left in the third. Then we had a JT Miller goal. And then we had the officiating in this game. That was the big storyline of this first game. And I was like, man, look, the Canucks lost and they, they might have deserved to lose, but they made it interesting. But boy, was the officiating bad. We had the uh, the Halak trip which That's was right. the big one. We had the Oliver Ekman Larson interference penalty. Was that in that game too? Um, sure. I think he no. stopped at center. Or was that a different game? No, Man, that was has the... been bad a lot this yeah. year. That was a different one. Okay. Well, yeah. there was a couple things. That's all I remember. Yeah. I, I've tried to block it out from my brain, uh, but we had <laughs> Patterson scoring a shorthanded goal with less than a minute to go. And they lost Troy Terry scored in overtime uh, as Troy Terry is apparently the best player in the world. He's so good. Uh, yeah, twelve. That made his point streak twelve games at that point, and uh, you know he just kept running up from there. Now he's at fourteen after the game uh, last <laughs> night. Um, so yeah, that's, this game was bad. Yeah, you know it's funny. The only positive that we can, well, one positive we can glean is it's funny if that Halak call was never called, then the Canucks don't go shorthanded, and who knows? Maybe Pedersen they probably score. lose. They yeah, probably lose we, that game, and maybe we don't get the one point of the four that we're so happy about. But yeah, um, Tuesday nights though, Tuesday nights always falling behind. Always scoring two goals in the third. Always getting the extra time. I'm always bowling. You get to watch, and I'm sitting there 
Oh yeah, I'm so stuff. lucky yeah. to watch. Yeah, lucky me, not out doing something fun like bowling. Parker, I feel uh, a bit of twi- <laughs> I feel a bit of sarcasm in your voice tonight. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it's yeah. Look, I I get it. it was a fun game to watch, especially the end. That whole it was like a classic ball don't lie moment, right? Where yeah, yes, uh, where you know. Canucks sort of got screwed on that penalty call and then they they went out and and the hockey gods kind of smiled upon them for a few minutes at least and then uh, and then they lost um yeah it was uh it was not a fun game uh no. to say the least it was it was an interesting game the end was fun uh but they lost but the thing is we didn't know what was coming this no. game was an OTL so they they were still one game back of 500 and it was like hey yeah. well they just need to win a couple and everything's okay so two days later they go into Colorado a game oh, yeah. that was going to be hard to lose or hard to win. Sorry, not hard to lose <laughs> uh, a hard game to win Colorado. You know, they they weren't looking great in the standings. I think they were also a game below 500 at the time, but they're still Colorado. They were without McKinnon. They're out, uh, they lost Bowen Byram uh, early in that game as well. Mm. Um, and they ran up the score pretty quickly. So I think it was three, nothing in the first period. And, but it wasn't, it wasn't a three, nothing that was like, man, the Canucks got some bad balances and it's three, nothing, but maybe they can battle back in this one. Um, I sent out a tweet when it was three, nothing. And I just, I literally just said, make it 10, just, just <laughs> go score 10. At le- Cause at least maybe that's enough to have an impact. If the Canucks are going to lose this game, don't lose it by one. Um, and I kind of got what I asked for, uh, the avalanche pile on three more in the second period to make it six, nothing after two, mm-hmm. uh, Hoaglander scores in the third and then Rantanen makes it seven to one, um, a game that should be really drawing a lot of negative attention on the team, right? This puts mm-hmm. them two games below 500, but they're also, it's their first game against like a really good team in a while. And yep. they get the absolute doors blown off of them. Right. Uh, and so we're thinking, all right, maybe there's going to be something changing if this continues, right? Yes. Yeah. And Colorado did it every way. They scored, re- they scored even strength. They scored two power play markers. They sh- Scored a shorthanded marker. Uh, you know, uh, the one storyline that came out of there for me, Parker, were you okay? I, well, I'll just start and then you can, uh, con, you know, give your answer too. I, I was actually fine with Demko. I know a lot of people were saying, get Demko out, get Demko out. But I'm not sure if you heard Travis Green's response. He says he knew he was going to put Halak in for the third and he didn't want to put him in right in the middle of a period, even though a lot of coaches do that. He said he wanted to give Halak the intermission to truly warm up and then maybe he's going to trot him out there for the third. Do you buy that? Or are you okay with that? I think that's a fair response. Yeah. However, how I look at, I think I, I they mentioned a stat on the broadcast. I think it was that, that Travis Green hadn't pulled a goalie in like two years. Right. It was like 2019, <laughs> the last time a goalie that started the game didn't finish, and it wasn't injury related. Yeah. Um. So I was going by the assumption that he wasn't coming out. Um. And to me, it was like, okay, well, when it's once it's four nothing, yeah. Halfway through the second period, the game's over. Right. The team's not coming back. And it wasn't Demko's fault. He got hung out to dry completely. Uh, I mean, the shots in this game ended up being 35, 22, right? <laughs> uh, it's not like the Canucks were, were really close to coming back here. Um, so my thought was, look, you're going to try if this, if this team is going to make a push for the playoffs, which is now getting harder and harder as the team goes two games below 500 at this point, yep. you're going to need Thatcher Demko playing 55, 60 games of the season. Oh, you need him. To, you you got to, if, if, if the game's lost already, take him out, right? Get some minutes off of him, right? Even if it's 10 minutes of a game, yep. you're risking injury, uh, fatigue. Uh, there's a back-to-back coming up, right? Like uh, it was just my opinion, just get him out of the net. Now, the fact that he didn't start the third, that's good. Um, and yeah. I think, I think it's fine, but I, I would, I want to see him out there. Uh, especially since they scored two more in the second period. It was like, okay, now we're just adding on to the pain here. Just get him out. <laughs> Oh, uh, and you you make such a good point how this was a true test. Sure, we played Edmonton twice already, and they're obviously a very good team. In fact, mm-hmm. higher than Colorado in the standings. But yeah, we've had the the Phillies and Buffaloes and Anaheim. Who are, oh, actually, now let's say that all these teams are above us in the standings. But really, Colorado was a true litmus test. And then two days later, we had another one, and same amount of goals let in. <laughs> yeah, so then we get to Saturday night, a night where everyone's really watching now. Right. Mm. And I think it, I was like on Twitter, as I always end the game, and there was a lot of engagement going on. Like people were focused on this game saying, is this the game? The Canucks come back and sort of salvage what's salvage a season come back. And is this like a statement game? They all said that like, we are embarrassed by this performance two days ago, 
Yeah. We are going to go out there and put on a performance. To their credit, uh, JT Miller scores first. He shouldn't mm -hmm. have because who was it on Vegas that had a wide open net and fired it right through the crease not 20 seconds before that? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So that it should have been one nothing Vegas. Canucks get a break. Miller goes the other way and scores a pretty weak goal, but it's it's one nothing. And then Tanner Pearson scores three minutes later, so it's two nothing. And we're looking at this game. We're saying, okay, the Canucks have a lead. They scored first for once. They scored second, which is very rare. And now they just need to hold on to it. Uh, you get a Dadnov goal late in the first, and then the second period, um, Vegas scores two more, um, and it's so it's three two Vegas at this point. And what's your confidence level at this point when it's three to two for Vegas Canucks have given up three unanswered goals? Yeah, I'm not just saying this, Parker, because I know the end result. Actually, I'm going to go contrary to that. I felt that that game was going to be a, a true shootout it, back and mm. forth. And I felt it was going to be high scoring. It just had that vibe. As you know, um, I was piled into a, a pub downtown. So I actually, I was trying to watch the game, but I was meeting people. So I just kind of looked up every time people were cheering or booing. I, I think to back up that first goal for Vegas with 14 seconds left on the power play, that's kind of a backbreaker, right? You hate to yeah. give up goals in the last minute of a period. And two nothing going to the intermission is away is a lot better than two one. And yeah, so uh, to, to answer your question though, when they went up three two, I wasn't particularly worried. And as we saw, the Canucks were basically there until the 10 minutes left in the game. Absolutely. So yeah, then we get Hoaglander scoring um, late in the second, ties it at three. Yep. Uh, we go to the third. Uh, Lecision scores to make it four three for Vegas. Hoaglander then scores less than a minute later to make it four four. Uh, and then everything just sort of falls apart. The Canucks start playing pretty bad too. Like, it's just like, they looked scrambly. They looked sloppy. Uh, and then Vegas scores three times in the last 12 minutes and basically just washes the game away. And again, it's seven goals against the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. And you know, this was the first game that Pullman missed, right? Of his two game suspension there. We already knew that Hamnick wasn't going to play on this road trip because of vaccination likely. So now you're playing with a defense that has Burroughs, Hunt, and Bowie, right? You're not even playing Rathbone. Yeah. So that's that's tough. I'm not blaming them, but there. I remember Bowie made a bad pinch. I remember Hunt got caught out of position. They're simply not bona fide top six guys right now. Yeah. Yeah. Brad Hunt only played 13 minutes that night. Nice. Uh, so on a night where the the bench is already short, yeah. um, he got 13 minutes. Bowie got 14, yeah. and the rest was split among the other four. Okay. Um, Kyle Burroughs played more in that game than all Rickman Larson did. There's a fun wow. stat for you. And Burroughs, um, love his effort. He's not a top four guy. He's not even yeah. a top six guy sometimes. Yeah. I think Ekman Larson spent like four minutes in the box though. No, he had, <laughs> he's had six penalty minutes that game. So that's kind of why. Um, right. But again, right. the one thing I didn't mention is in the, so the ducks game, they allowed a power play goal. In the Avalanche game, they allowed two. In the mm. Golden Knights game, they allowed two. And then mm. we get to the final game of that road trip, which was oh. last night. And the Canucks, again, allowed two power play goals. Uh, we'll get to that later. But last night was the Trevor Zegers show. Uh, he was absolutely, good, he was fantastic. Huh. Uh, Hoaglander scored early yeah. uh, as Hoaglander just continues to pile on points. <laughs> Yeah. Um, in meaningless games, <laughs> apparently, uh, in losing efforts. But so he scores first, and things are looking good. And then Zegris scores, and then Zegris scores, and then Milano <laughs> scores from Zegris with a nice little spinorama. Uh, and then so it's uh, 3 1, game's basically over, third period. No one's expecting the Canucks to come back for a good yeah. reason. And then they score twice in the last minute, one an empty netter, and then they score a non empty netter <laughs> with yeah. 30, 38 seconds to go, or whatever it was. To ice this one off so it's 5-1 the final score the milano one was tough parker because we we know how bad the canucks penalty kill is and it's funny we, we started talking about tyler mott that one ray of positivity he tried but i think was it the first or second one i think it was the first one where he was diving out like Superman. he was i don't know if he was trying to block the shot with his face did you remember that he was the he yeah. went from the the face off across so the, but my point is there are two power play goals so you can not excuse it, but you can say, okay. But then that third goal where, yeah, Milano does that, uh, Zegers does that spin around and it goes off of Garland's stick right yeah. to Milano. That's tough. That's yeah, that's typical Canuck luck right now, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what happens, right? You, it, it, part of it is, you know, it's bad luck, but another yeah. part of it is you, you sort of create that luck, right? When this team is sure. in this like deep rut, you make little mistakes like that, right? You don't have the confidence to, you know, get that little bit extra grip on your stick and break that play up, right? Because you're just trying to do too much. And 
Uh, and it mm -hmm. kills the team, right? So we now look at it as four straight losses, bringing the Canucks to a lovely five, nine, and two record. So they are, what's the math on that? 16 games into the yeah. season, five yeah. wins, three of which came in regulation. Three regulation wins in 16 games. Yeah, Parker, they got to go um, 39 22 and six or 39, 21 and six, whatever the math is, they basically need 84 points, right. To get their yeah. 82 points to get their 90, 94 points. It's not happening as much as I want it to happen. No, it's, you know, so, so Jason Bruff tweeted uh, today. Uh, he said yeah. to get to 95 points, the Canucks would have to go 38, 21 and seven. So for the rest of the season, the Canucks would have to play on a 103 point pace, which is a pace they haven't played at in a long, long time. Right. Great. Uh, so the team as it is, isn't going to do that, right? Something has to change if you want to salvage the season, but it's already almost too late. Uh, cause you see very often teams that are out of the playoff race, or it's like four points out of the playoff race at the end of November, almost never make the playoffs. Uh, and that's kind of where things are getting to. How can we be out of the playoff race on November 15th, man? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, again, they're not out, out, yeah, yeah. Um, but they are as out as you can really get uh, at this point in the season, unless you're Arizona. Arizona's out. They are 1-11, or at least they were yesterday, 1-11-1, um, which is bad. Uh, but I just want to talk about these last three games, or last okay. few games still, right? So the Canucks lose 7-1, 7-4, So they're outscored in the last three games, 19-6. to hmm. uh, I'm going to go down the limb and say that's bad. <laughs> like a football score yeah a weird oh, football score but yeah, yeah it's uh, maybe so there's some real failures going on here right 19 goals against in the last three games is really bad obviously right that's what 6.3 goals against per game and they're only scoring two per game uh what's gotta what's gotta change for i mean everywhere on the ice yeah uh, the four things power play Penalty kill, defense, healthier, more scoring from our big guns. I, I, I'm not saying anything that no one else has said either. But um, the, the one thing about the power play, though, Parker, it's one thing not to score when you get your chances, right, to go over. But what concerns me is the last two games, I think they've only had one opportunity, right? Zero for one, zero for one? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Something like that. So that means they're not playing. I remember us talking your your apartment last Monday. We were saying, oh, they were so good against Dallas. They went three for six because they were assertive. They were aggressive. They're making Dallas take penalties. They didn't make Vegas or Anaheim have to take any penalties because the Canucks weren't being assertive enough. Granted, yeah, I've got the I've got the numbers yeah. here. So so last night they went 0 for 1. Against yeah. Vegas, they went 0 for 4. Oh. Um, against Colorado, they went 0 for 3. And then okay. the first game against Anaheim, they went 0 for 2. So they have not scored a power play goal in the last four games on five, 10 opportunities wow. in those well, four games. That also tells me Anaheim is a very disciplined team, right? They only took two, or two they went shorthanded twice and then once. But I, I that's the thing. When you see 0 for 2 and 0 for 1, you got to get more than that in a game. And even if you go 100% and you score all your power plays, if you're only getting one or two, that might not be enough. So the way the Canucks going, they probably need eight or nine just to get one or two goals. They're yeah. not going to get that. Yeah. So this place is the Vancouver Canucks. Just looking at the athletics model. Um, the Canucks have, if you had to guess what their playoff odds are at, at this point in the season, where would you, where do you think the athletic would have them? Well, someone told me yesterday before the game that was at 10%. So I'm going to say it's a bit less than 10%. Yeah, it's eight, 8% worse than the Pacific by a good margin. Um, only teams that are worse, Arizona's at zero, <laughs> uh, Chicago's at one, uh, Columbus is also at eight, Ottawa, Buffalo, Montreal are all under 1% as well. Wait, they're, they're giving Arizona 0% chance of making the playoffs? 0%, which means less than 0 0.5, right? Cause it rounds okay. to the nearest digit. So I think they do 50,000 simulations. So it's gotta be like maybe in one or two, <laughs> they pull it off, but they're one 11 and one. Uh, yeah, they're yeah. not, they're done. Right. Uh, they lost again today, or this is the 13th I'm looking at. Uh, but I think they probably lost again today. Safe bet. They didn't yeah. play today. Okay. Okay. They didn't play today. That's sad. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the penalty kill Yeah. because they were bad. 
uh, and they got worse. <laughs> so in the last four games, these last four games, I went one or three for four against uh, Anaheim. The penalty killed it. So 75% against Anaheim. Good game. Uh, then they went one for three against Colorado. So 33%. Then four for six against Vegas. So 67%. And then two for four against Anaheim. So 50%. So they're, they were in like the mid 60s last week. And now they are down to 62 0.3%, which I think would be if they somehow hold this up, it'd be like the worst penalty kill of all time. That's bad, man. That's bad. That's yeah. horrible. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how else to really describe it. Uh, Cause they're not, they're not winning face-offs. They're not getting the puck out of the zone. Even when they are, it just feels like every shot goes in. Um, yeah. 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 It just, something is broken. Uh, and I, again, it, it sort of all comes down to, you know, you have to do something to fix it. Um, but at this point, is it already too late? You know, what reminds me of, uh, maybe your, your teams, your ice hockey teams are always, uh, too good for this, but uh, some of my roller hockey teams, mostly cause I'm on it. We, when we play against a team that's way better than us, they almost, uh, toy with you. They, they, they don't not to be jerks, but you can tell they're simply not trying their hardest. They don't have to try their hardest yeah. and they're still going to win. Right. Or I'm still going to lose my team is i feel like that's what teams do on the power play against us <laughs> they like, yeah. they don't have to worry because they know they're gonna get two goals a night and it's 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 brutal it's so bad it's yeah so it's bad. a it's just a disaster really is what it is um i i don't really have anything else to say about the penalty kill um we we've talked we talked about it last week yeah. we, we keep talking about it uh it's still broken uh it somehow has gotten worse Parker, you watch a lot of other games too. Do most do most teams do what the Canucks do? You know how they almost have a one-one-two, right? Where they have the top yeah. guy kind of trying to shade the the whoever's the puck carrier, and sometimes they cross, sometimes they don't. Then you have your two defensemen, then you have your your other forward kind of in the middle. Do or do most other teams do a, an actual box as opposed to? I haven't I haven't done a ton uh, yeah. of looking into it. Um, just on other teams. But yeah. yeah, I don't like the one-one-two. It yeah. it stresses me out because it feels like people are way too open. Totally. Uh, on the other side, right? It's like, oh, this guy has weight, like so much space all the time, yeah. right? You look at the Canucks power play setup and when they've been struggling, it's because the puck never gets away from the outside, right? It's like yeah. Hughes, Miller, Hughes, Pedersen, Hughes, Pedersen, Hughes, Miller. Oh, we got yeah. it down low and then it came back out front or up top and it's just, it never gets to the net. Uh, with with these teams, it seems like they just have so much more room to sort of work in and, totally. and get high quality scoring chances. Yeah, you're right. Actually, now that I think about it, it I think uh, frightening is a good way of putting it because with that one-one-two, if the top guy is not fast, it's you're basically leaving the whole half of the the yeah. top half of the ice on one side open. Especially yeah. if it gets beat, right? Yeah, because <laughs> because the guy up, up top really has no risk, right? So they can try to make a move and beat him, and now it's a five-on-three uh, for a short period. Yeah, it's uh, it just falls apart. Oh. Okay. So there were some fun stats tweeted out today. And when I say fun, I mean fun for everyone if you're not a Canucks fan. Mm. Um, so I think it was Jay Pat who tweeted this out. And it was the last 82 games for the Vancouver Canucks. Oh, no. So the oh. last 82 regular season games. So this is a little, the first 16 games of this season, the last 56 of last season. And then I guess it would be like 10 games okay. from the yep. season before, which is right before the end, right before COVID shut it down. The Canucks were on a losing skid as well there. Yes. So the last 82 games, the Canucks are 32, 43 and seven. So the last 82 games, the Canucks have accumulated 71 points with 22 wins coming in regulation. So 10, well, well, there's a couple of things there. 10 of those wins, they needed overtime or shootout yeah. and 71 points, which would basically put you second last or third last in the entire league. Yeah. Almost every year. Great. So that's last year. That's this year. And that's the last 10 games from the, uh, the shortened season. Uh, yeah, it's not good. Uh, do you want to hear a worse stat? Uh, I don't know if it can get any worse, but sure. About, why not Parker? How about instead of the last 82 as a whole, we look at the last 41 games on the road. Oh no. 14 wins, 25 <laughs> losses, two OTLs. So 30 points, a 60 point pace on the road in the last half season. So in theory, the last 82 games, but uh, getting rid of the home games, uh, 14, 25 and two 30 points. So a 60 point pace, only nine regulation wins out of 41 games on the road, uh, in the last basically year and a half. Parker, do you think that the, now that I hear this and see this and 
whether you're analytics, you're more analytical than I am. I'm quite the eye test guy, even with my bad Asian eyes. Do you think that the bubble might've been a bit of a mirage in that we beat up on a, you know, Minnesota was just okay. St. Louis was injured. And then we really rode Markstrom and then Demko against Vegas or mm-hmm. yeah. Tell me, tell me, tell me. I, I, I think it's, it's partially that it's partially, I think the team played really well in the bubble. Yeah. I think they got hot. They got, they, yeah. they went on a, they went on a winning streak at the one time that it made the team look really good. Uh, they went, they, they went on this miracle run. It was against Minnesota. Minnesota wasn't a good team, right? Like, and the Canucks kind of walked all over them and that was good. Um, then they took on St. Louis who also was, they were injured. They just weren't playing well, uh, St. Louis as well. And the Canucks again, kind of walked all over them, went in six games, but it felt like they were in control that whole series. Uh, And again, phenomenal goaltending. Yeah, and you're right. Those games, the te- you're right. The team was playing well. Those were fun games to watch, right? Guys yeah. like Beagle and, and Mott were scoring. Like <laughs> right, yeah, and that's something that just isn't happening normally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they go up against Vegas. Uh, their first like really strong like Stanley Cup contender they went against, and it wasn't close that series. Sure, the result was right. Mm-hmm. They took it to seven. Um, but Thatcher Demko had, what was it, like a 985 save percentage <laughs> in that series. And I saw a bunch of people on, uh, on like on Twitter and this was like during that whole thing. And people were like, well, the goalie's part of your team. That's not a bad thing. Right. And it was like, sure. But are you going to go of the mindset of, well, you just have to get into the playoffs and you have a shot when your only shot is if your goaltender goes on a 985 <laughs> run. Because if that's if if you're putting all your chips on, yep, Thatcher Demko is going to have a 985 save percentage all four rounds of the playoffs, uh, you're going to lose your money, right? It's just mm-hmm. it's just it's a losing bet 100 percent of the time. Um, so the Canucks go on this run, and I think in the long run, it's it's been a negative impact for the team. It was very fun. Don't get me wrong; I loved every second of it, but. It, it brings up the, the, these expectations, right? And it allows management and coaching to then make these promises and say, look, we have a team that, look, they made it to the bubble. They played well in the playoffs. We just have to get to the playoffs and we have a team that can compete. But now we've had that little taste. We've had that little dopamine hit that's been like, all right, this is what the playoffs feel like. Remember, we haven't, we haven't smelled the playoffs in years and, this is what it's like. This is what we're playing for. And we just, we can't get there anymore, right? We're sort of just like chasing that little bit of a high that we got from that run. And it's just not coming. And it's not coming because of constant failure, <laughs> which yeah. makes these losses hurt even more. And, uh, and speaking of hurting more, that's what made the summer of 2020 so aggravating is you're right. They did play well. There's potential. They say, okay, we actually have found a bit of a formula here. And then they lose four key players, right? That that are important on the ice and are important in the locker room in Markstrom, Tanev, Toffoli, and Stetcher. And sure, you can look at them individually and you say, well, now we have Demko for the same t- term, $1 million a year less. That's fine. You can justify that. You can justify that Tanev was maybe too expensive for our liking. But when you look at those four guys as a whole, that's a big loss and then you replace them with only schmidt and holtby who aren't even here a year later mm-hmm. yeah Not and, good. i mean if you want to if you want to sort of chain off of that you look at guys like nate schmidt who yeah. were great in vegas they come here for a year or vegas or schmidt at least comes here for a year doesn't play that well right part of that is you know the role he was in and and things just didn't work so he leaves he hops on a plane goes to winnipeg yeah. and he now has uh, 10 points there in 14 games. He had 15 points for the Canucks last year, right? So he's already producing at a way higher rate. He was a minus seven for the Canucks last year. He's a plus seven for Winnipeg already this season. Great. So maybe Nate Schmidt wasn't the problem, right? Maybe maybe he's actually a good player, but he comes here and yeah. things don't work. So that's one of the big indicators for me that's like, okay, well, maybe coaching is a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, again, that's just one thing, but it's something that just sort of like sticks and digs into my mind. Yeah, that's a great point. And I was so excited for Schmidt. I almost bought a jersey because doesn't he have four or five years left on his big contracts? His $6 million contract. Yeah, so. he's signed through uh, 2025. Okay, thank you. Yeah, so four more years. And 
five years when he was here. So I actually was going to get a Nate Schmidt jersey. And then, oh, man, they just put him with Edler in a shutdown role. They didn't let him really flourish. And he struggled. And pucks were going off him every second game. That was rough. That was rough. Yeah. yeah and you look at that and, you know, you start to think, okay, well, if if he's comes here and perform, has his worst season of his career, is that happening to other players, right? Like, are there yeah. other players that are better than what they're showing here um, that just aren't able to break out? And are players going to see that, right? Are they going to yes. be like, wow, Nate Schmidt leaves and he does really well. I'm in a contract in the year next year. Maybe mm-hmm. I want out of here so I can go and, and score an extra 15, 20 points and make another couple million dollars a year, yeah. right? That's, you know, it's a scary thing. It's It's not just, you know this losing streak is bad and the, and the record's bad, but it's not just about this season, right? Because you're now Horvat's what, like 27 next year yeah. or something like Se- that. Yeah. Seven years in seven years. Yeah. In, being, right. Being the playoffs once you got it. Like he can't be having fun. I, I would, <laughs> I'm not having fun. What, how would he be having fun? He's actually losing these games, right? You have Elias Pedersen who, yeah, sure. He's playing bad, but I'm sure he doesn't like losing. Yeah um yeah all these people like thatcher demko right he's he's been one of the best goalies in the nhl and he's allowing seven goals a game because the team in front of him is absolutely useless but so parker you're you're onto something and i I, this is a really good point i know we're going to talk about green benning both neither in a few minutes but this is the most aggravating thing for me is you mentioned three already horvat Pedersen, demko add in hughes besser huglander put coles in let's say the seven core guys right miller's good but he's a little older whatever we're wasting their prime years. That's what scares mm-hmm. me. Yeah. And we just signed Hughes for six years at 7.85, PD at three years at 7.35, whatever they were. This is now they're out of their ELCs, which you really want to take advantage, but you still got to take advantage of their first part of their, their, their big contracts. And we're wasting those away. We're wasting those away. That's what scares me. Yeah. Players don't peak at 27 anymore, yeah. right? You yeah. look at all the, Right. Like if you like almost everyone who is, you know, sort of does any analytics or something and they, and they look at, and they build these age curves, right. And they look at the average player forwards, they peak at like 23 are like their mm. best seasons. Right. And sure. There's outliers, right. There's Alex Ovechkin, uh, Sidney Crosby, but that's like the top yes. 0.5% of players, right. That is the, yeah. the peak of the peak players, but your average player, right. Your average star player, right. Your, your Brock Besser, your JT Miller, uh, you know, all these guys think it, it starts to go down pretty quickly, especially once mm-hmm. you get closer and closer to 30. Right. Um, it's, it just, you're on the clock, right. And, and the Canucks keep putting themselves on the clock. This three-year Pedersen contract puts them on the clock. And here's another year that looks like it's probably just going to be down the drain, uh, because of just consistent failure. Did you say that most players peak at around 23 years old? Yeah, that's yeah. the age curve I've seen. Okay. So what you're saying is you're entering your prime basically, and I'm double out of my prime. Yeah. Screw their prime. It's my prime. I want to have fun <laughs> and watch winning hockey, you know, like, <laughs> Oh, by the way, and I, I don't want to go too far off tangent, but I love your response to uh, a thread I saw on Twitter. And I've been saying the same thing is, is it's a lot more fun when the team is winning and forget even about the numbers, forget about uh, subs and views and donations and members simply turning on your camera looking up stats and talking about what you see or what you believe it is way more fun when the Canucks win so i want to give you props i'm going to give myself props for now like very small props for trying to stick through we there's nothing more we want we don't want bad games just so we think that people will vent and no, we want to see them win. Oh, I, I do. I know you do. We, yeah, we I'm gonna. We got on here. This might cover our faces, and it might be blurry, but I'll just show this. This is a this is an age chart um, that's going to ah. cover everything. Uh, but this chart sort of shows the the change in overall stats by age. This is for years 2008 to 2016, so it's probably the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you look at sort of their the age peak uh, when players are peaking right that 23, 24, 25, oh. and there's usually a pretty dramatic dip around 26, and then it hangs on. But once you hit 30. 31 it starts to really fall down so you know if you look mm-hmm. at a guy like bo horvat he's already like close to <laughs> he's he's close to the the drop there right it's oh. uh things things fall down quickly i noticed that chart ended at 40 didn't get to 47 yeah sorry about that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i uh yeah. i didn't make it <laughs> it's okay thanks for trying <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um oh. it's uh it's not good so do we want to talk about what we want to see happen? What the issue is? What do we, 
what do we want to do? Yeah, why don't we do that and then we'll mix don't do that in with our Q&A at the very end. Does that make sense? Sure, that works. Okay, start us okay. off. Go for it. So uh, everything is broken it is my, <laughs> my, my signature for the last couple of games in my live streams and what I said last year at times as well. Uh, my quote was just fire everyone. And it's also that uh, everything is broken. Uh, that's why the title of the stream is Why Are the Canucks Broken? Mm. Um, and again, it's just, it feels like it's everything, right? I can't pinpoint one particular thing because, well, the team's playing bad defensively and the t the penalty kill is absolutely useless. The power play has had really bad stretches this year. What's the power play at? I had it up. They're at... Uh, I lost it. No, uh, the power play is at 15.3%, right? Our, that is that is ninth worst in the NHL. And our penalty kills at 63? 62.3, which is worse in the NHL. So 60, whatever, 67 or 68. No, sorry, 80, 70, 77. 77 combined. That's really bad. That's a good penalty kill number. Actually, it's not. That's the, That would be the... If, if, if you add the Canucks power play and penalty kill combined, that would make that that's like the 10th worst or yeah, the 10th worst penalty kill in the league. Still Minnesota is at 77.6. So the only thing that has been good, you have your star players who have been not performing well, right? Especially, you know, Elias Pettersson hasn't been great. Um, you have guys like Niels Hoaglander and Connor Garland, who I think have been great. JT yeah. Miller has been good. Um, but that's about it. And Thatcher Demko has been phenomenal. Yes. Um, but everything else, all the rest of the forwards, the, the defense, the, like I said, the special teams, uh, it just all, there's nothing, there's like very, very few highlights or, you know, things for this team to hang their hat on. Yeah. Uh, two things I'll say, uh, you, you bring up a lot of good points there and we, we could probably go for a full hour just on this one particular question. I think our defense is bad and that makes, that translates to bad offense too. Hughes has been playing well. OEL has been playing pretty well. Really good start. Uh, tailed off a little bit, still playing well. Myers has actually been okay. But then after mm -hmm. that, Hamnick's still figuring himself out. Pullman's up and down and, and we talked about the lower end of the... So when you're already having trouble keeping goals out and then those guys aren't really helping with offense except for Hughes that makes it a little tougher. That's the first thing. And then uh, I'll wait. I'll, I'll, I'll let you continue this conversation. Then I'll jump in with my whole going back and forth between Green and Benning because, as you know, I flip-flopped a couple of times. And now I'm back to I think Benning should go before Green. Last week I was Green before Benning. The week before that I was Benning before Green. And I'm back to Benning before Green now. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> some some advanced analytics for you here. I'm ready. Um, goals against per game. Canucks are 27th in the league. Oh, yeah. Allowing 3.38 goals per game. Goals four per game. The Canucks are 26th. 2.5 oh. goals four per game. So when you can, you're okay with one of those is really low if the other one's really high on the standings. <laughs> when both are low, that combines in a really negative fashion, right? Or you can look at Arizona, who is last in both. They're allowing almost four goals a game and scoring about one and a half. So at least we're not Arizona. But so, so you mentioned, you know, what should change? So last week, I think we both said um, that Travis Green, if they're going to make a change, Travis Green's the one that makes sense right now. Because at this point, the team was five, six, and one. They were mm -hmm. one game below 500, and the season was not really gone yet, right? They were at like a 25% chance of making the playoffs or something. But if you were to replace your coach, hope it gives you a spark. Maybe you win like, six out of your next 10, right? Like nothing crazy, but you at least you have a slight uptick, right? And then you start to ride that uptick and maybe you can get back in. Um, but now being five, nine and two and being down to an 8% chance of making the playoffs. And like we said, having to go on a 103 point pace the rest of the way. I don't know if a coach does that. I don't know if a coach takes you from basically a team that, like I said, over the last 82 games has been on a 71 point pace and yeah. I don't think a coach is netting you an extra 32 points a season pace wise. Right. It's no, just, no it's not that big of a difference. Right. No. Uh, even if we think this team is good, like we said, we think they're 94, 95 points. Good. Uh, at best, they're not 103 points. Good. Um, yes. Yes. so at this point, I hate that 16 games in the season. I'm leaning on the edge of writing off this season, but the, the, just the, the, numbers aren't good, right? We can argue about like, oh, you're giving up too early all we want. But statistically, odds just aren't great. 
Yep. Um, I mean, I'm sure if you go back in history and look at how many teams that start the season with the like 12 points in 16 games make the playoffs, it's probably not a lot. Um, so if we if we say the Canucks are probably not going to make it this year, well then you don't really want Jim Benning hiring another coach, right? So you, hmm. again, yeah, I think I think change has to start high up because at the end of the day, we are in Jim Benning's eighth season. Uh, they've made the playoffs twice, one in a really weird fluke year with Willie D um, that they somehow <laughs> got 101 points off the backs of Jason Magna and Michael Chaput, yeah. um, which again, that was a fluke because <laughs> the following year they were, they were terrible and boring. Um, and then they make the playoffs again in a season that probably saved them by getting shortened because the Canucks were in a tailspin once Markstrom got injured. Um <sighs> So even then, sure, the Canucks make the playoffs two out of seven years, and they're probably not going to make them this year. So two out of eight years. You look at every GM in the past in the in the Canucks history, none of them survived that many playoff misses. None of them survived that many years of failure. So why is nothing changing? Like, what what is it about Jim Benning? We've heard rumors that, yeah, he's basically just an Aquilini yes man, right? He just, he doesn't <laughs> fight back. He doesn't really have his own, you know, thing. He's not going to go to war with Aquilini over thoughts on the team. Um, and, you know, maybe that is it. Maybe it's as simple as that. And then we should be clamoring for change at that level, but not, that's not, that's not going to do anything, right? He's not going to sell the team. So we're kind of mm -hmm. stuck with, with what we have there. Um, but I mean, we're getting to the point where, you know, apathy usually sets in pretty late in seasons, right? Because you got to be really out of it. But mm -hmm. once you, once we keep running the same record on repeat and it's once again, oh, yeah, this is a team that we're going to try to make the playoffs or we're going to make the playoffs. And, you know, we just keep getting promised the same thing and the team just isn't delivering. So why why should we care? Right. Why should people care? It, like. Last night, a Sunday night, uh, again, I was on Twitter. I always have Twitter up while I watch the game. It was dead. No one was talking about the That's game what I heard. last night. Because yeah. why, yeah. why bother, right? It's a Sunday night. It was a 5 o'clock game. Go do something else with your time. You're going to you're gonna enjoy it more. The team's probably going to lose. Uh, and it's probably not going to be a very exciting game. So why bother? Uh, and that's the most dangerous thing for a franchise, right? And mm -hmm. the most dangerous thing for a team. You can have people mad at you all you want, but they're still, you know, they're, they're still engaged. But once they don't care then there's nothing else. Oh yeah. Yeah. So much there to unpack. I'll, I'll, I'll say two things. The first one, when you lay out the numbers, the fact that they are five, nine and two, 12 points in 16 games. How about this for a sobering fact, Parker? And this is where the 8% comes from just to get to 500. The Canucks have to win four straight. And now you're at 20 points in 20 games. That's just to get to 500. But as you've pointed out, 500 doesn't get you 82 points doesn't get you in the playoffs you have to get to 94 95 so that's where the the crazy math comes in we have to have four or five of these four game win streaks which is just nuts right and uh yeah. who do they who do they play on wednesday night oh the same Colo team that beat us 7-1 yeah colorado friday yeah. night they play against winnipeg winnipeg is doing pretty good yeah right winnipeg's wearing the standings they are they have the 12th best record in the league they're eight three yeah. and three uh, then they play the Blackhawks. They better win that game because <laughs> Chicago is terrible. Yeah. And that's, and that's what I was going to say. That was my second point is with these three games at home, Parker, we've heard a couple things. Number one, I agree with you on the apathy. And that's what a lot of people are talking about now. The only thing worse than having passionate, mean, angry fans is having fans that don't care because they're not going to spend money. They're not going to show up. You're going to see a bunch of people that buy tickets, but there, you know, a bunch of seats dressed up as or a bunch of people dressed up as empty seats. Is, is a bunch of burgundy, a bunch of burgundy seats. There you go. And the second thing is I've heard, and I'm sure you heard in reading through Twitter as much as we do, that there's rumors that Canucks ownership may wait until after this three game homestand. Now, to, I, I, you could argue they should have done something after this three game road, road trip, but they might give it another three games before they decide. And then for sure it's too late and or. Do you, is it a facade if somehow we win two of the next three? Oh, everything's fine now. No need to make a change. I, I They're kind of down if they do, down if they don't, right? Yeah. Why? This is what I don't get. Why yeah. do these next three games <laughs> have so much impact, yeah. right? The team is not performing. The team, like I said, they're five, nine, and two. Yep. They have been um, below. They've been one of the worst teams rolling over the last eight seasons. Why these three games? We've seen like 500 games under the Jim Benning umbrella, at yeah. least probably 600. 
Why do these three matter, right? 0.05% of his tenure. Why, why does that have such a big impact? It doesn't make any sense. Why, why does, I, I heard rumblings, you know, on Twitter and people be like, oh, Francesco wants to, you know, Francesco thinks that social media is just overreacting and they're not, the, they're just a vocal minority. And, you know, uh, he wants to see, you know, how the arena actually is on Wednesday night. Why? Why does that matter? You know, the team's bad. You know that the real fans of the team, people who are dedicated enough to be on Twitter and, and aren't Caleb are ripping <laughs> the team apart. Is Caleb so, real, by the way? No, no shot. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's like, it's it's why would that matter? So I'm looking. Uh, Avalanche at Canucks, cheapest tickets for this one uh, in the secondary market, uh, 37 US dollars. So not mm. super cheap, but I mean, you can get in the arena for 45 bucks Canadian, basically, right? Yeah. Um, and that's against the Avalanche. That's that's you know a, a, good, a good really good team, a team that people enjoy watching, a team that has quite a few fans out here. Yes. Um, uh, and I mean, I look at, you know, December 6th, the Kings at the Canucks, 30 bucks to get in, right? The only expensive game coming up is the Maple Leafs. Uh, and that, that's not because the Canucks are playing. Uh, I'll tell you that. So yeah, it's the, they're not going to sell you, any more tickets. Are you going to any of these three this week? No. Why would I like, sure. I, I kind of want to, but it's like, I'm not going to spend. Uh, if the only reason that I would is I would buy secondary market so they don't yeah. get a penny of it because i you know again it's the only real way to have it to make a stand is to be someone like us who at least has a marginal say like we get some engagement right, right like right, you know right, we get right. a, a, a thousand to a few thousand people that that care about what we say for whatever sure. reason sure. um and then you know or we can or we can just not spend our money right um so yeah, it would be, you know, I, I'd pay on the secondary market. You look at tickets for this upcoming game against the Avalanche, and sure, it's a Wednesday night at six, but it is the Avalanche. There's a lot of blue on that Ticketmaster map. And, yeah. you know, you're looking, it's like 65 bucks for the cheapest ticket. Who's going to spend that? Like, there, it is, there's no point in taking that much time out of your day to probably go watch the team you like get blown out. <laughs> you know what's crazy, Parker, is, well, I, maybe I'm lucky. My season ticket partner, Mike, and I, of the 41 games of, you know, we, we take our, our, our few, our share, bring family, da, da, da. But so we have to sell still almost half about 18 of the 40, uh, 41. Thankfully we've sold all but two games. We did that all before the season started. Cause imagine, yeah, no, imagine, well, I'd be just going to go to more games, I guess. Imagine, imagine if we were trying to sell 18 home games now. Oh. Yeah. It would be, it would be so difficult. And that, that's, I mean, that's why, you know, you can get lucky and like right before a game, you can snag tickets for 20 bucks online because yep. there are yep. these people who, you know, invested in season tickets and that is the yep. main market for the Canucks. That is their main customer. And now all of their main customers are losing money this year because they sold this high excitement team and got people to buy in with their real money. Uh, and then now they can't, they can't flip them for anything, right? They're losing a ton of money on these. Wow. So having said that, Wednesday night's my church night, as you, Tuesday night's bowling, Wednesday night's church. So I can't go see Colorado, but I will be, I, I have a friend in from Winnipeg, actually. Mm. So we're going to go see the, the Canucks Winnipeg. And then I was gifted uh, tickets by uh, someone who might want to rename anonymous. So I'm going on Sunday as well. So um, yeah, I'll be there two out of the three. So well, I don't know. you if should you, if get there, a good result on Sunday. I would hope. I, I hope so. I hope so as well. Um, you want to predict how we're going to do in the next three? Next three Why games not? before our next show? Uh, one and two. It is, it's the it's the best I can do, right? I think they. I was going to say one, one, and one, but I don't think yeah. they take the Avalanche game or the Jets game to OT. That would be wishful thinking. Yeah. Um, and you know what? Uh, no, I'm going to say O2 and one. Wow. I'm going to take your O2 and one, and I'm going to make it a one. I am going to go ones across. I'm going to go one, one, and one. Forever the optimist, uh, always, <laughs> which is always. crazy that that's optimistic. Um, and you know, I it's kind of wishful thinking, right? I'm looking at these games and like, well, if you're gonna lose, just lose by a lot. So at least <laughs> it's hopefully some sort of statement that something needs to change. Because if they lose to if they go against Colorado and they lose like three two in overtime or win three to two, suddenly oh the team's fine, you know oh, they're you know they just beat Colorado, you know this they just beat a team that beat another team seven to one last week, like that's that's a good win, boys. Um, yeah, it's uh, uh, again if we're if we want long term benefit, you know I'm I'm kind of on the train of you know well yeah. you might as well start losing now, but 
I hate cheering for losses. It's no fun. My my post game streams aren't fun when the team loses. I'm yeah, angry I, for that's kind of what I hinted minutes, about. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. my against after the uh, which one was it? The Vegas game, uh, the Vegas game where they lost seven four. That was my second most viewed post game stream because people mm. were angry, um, and I had to be mad for fifty one minutes and forty four seconds. I don't like doing that. I like <laughs> I you know wh- before I was doing this when the game ended, I would go and sulk. But then that, then I was done. You know, I didn't have to think about the team anymore. But now mm-hmm. I'm out here doing this and uh, and being mad for an hour, and then I'm here on this show it, uh, on Mondays being mad for an hour. I just want the team to be good. <laughs> <laughs> that that was pretty funny. Actually. <laughs> so there were people. There were people. <laughs> there's always the people who are like, man, the media is so negative, and they love <laughs> eat, they love eating up this negativity. Yeah. And so. <laughs> Like why, why do people think that I just like yeah. want to go on this tangent, but why do people think that the media likes it when the team loses people don't watch people don't support the media, right? No one's reading the post game articles at, on a four game losing streak. Cause they don't want to think about the team after the game's over. Right. The real diehards do, but no one else does. So yeah. we just, we just want the team to be good. Exactly. And actually um, you may, you, I think you heard some of it, but you're pulling up that age chart. That's exactly what I was talking about. Cause I saw your tweet earlier where you, you, you kind of jumped on that on Twitter and you said, no, look, um, I'm happier. And that's what I mean. That's what I said is views and donations and members and subs notwithstanding, we simply are more motivated to turn on the camera and the lights and the microphone and the computer when we want to talk about a win. Yeah, this is right. the screenshot I pulled up earlier. Um, yeah, which exactly. is just my, like this is just my viewer count when they lose compared to when they win. Right. It's double or 50 percent more. So yeah. we just we just want we just want the team to win. Uh, speaking of the media, did you hear the drama around Donnie and Dolly today? You see their clip that they posted? Yes, I did. So they were, according to, I guess, according to, to Don, uh, they were asked by the Canucks or at least someone, some representative of the Canucks to be less negative in their coverage. Uh, that's so like just brazen and it, I just, I can't that it, I, it makes me so mad if someone came to me and was like like and if it was especially if it's a representative of the team and be like hey you know what you've been actually kind of saying some some mean things about our hockey team uh can you just tone it down a little you're making other people you know not like us very much it's like you're five nine and two how how positive can we be yeah I'll rave I'll rave about Thatcher Damco and Niels Hoaglander all day but <laughs> you're, you're losing every game there's not much to be positive about I uh, okay, <laughs> Parker. I will message you later because I, I not everything I'm, I want to say is for public consumption. But I will say this: I too got a call from someone from the Canucks on Saturday, and I when I saw when I knew I was going to get this call, I was hoping it was for something good, like a collab of sorts. I was told, uh, I, I probably shouldn't be saying this, but I just started. Whatever they I say, it, told, you, uh, this is a good clip. If yeah, it's I, uh, no, 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 you can't clip this. <laughs> Okay, I better not. Okay, I'll, let's just say this. Um, if I ever am to do another meetup at a pub, I cannot call it a Canucks watch party. I'll just say that. Oh, that's yeah. They've uh, they've had a sense. lot of stuff about that. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, that's why I remember TSN 1040 always called it the Vancouver hockey, yes. whatever. Yeah, they don't like you losing yeah. using their name unless it's unless sure. you're affiliated with so, them. So I get that. I get that, Rod. Uh, truly, in all seriousness, I get yeah. that Rogers pays a fee, and I get that. And I actually call it Canuck Clay meetup as opposed to Canuck. But I actually said to this person who called me um, and I'll text you later who it is or once we hang on, I, I said, but don't you want people like me doing stuff like this to, we kind of need some support and some, you know, grassroots support. And this person acknowledged, yes, it's true, but it's more of a technical. And I, so I, it was very, yeah. very respectful. I, I just think they should have more stuff to worry about. I guess that's my point. Right? Yeah. Mark that is one of the things know. like legal trademarks though. If you don't protect it sometimes, then you can kind of lose it, I guess is yeah. sort of the way it works. But yeah, yeah it's a, it is. You'd think there's some uh, some other stuff to worry about, but right. this Donnie and Dolly thing—it's it, just crazy to me that they would no. have the they, they would have the gall to say something like that when. And I, what was what was his quote? Do you remember what his quote was? Uh, well, well, one of them. I don't use that word. What what Dolly said. <laughs> yeah, I just want to find it. Uh, use the B word. Stop B I. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll say it. Uh, he said right, he's, he said it on TV. Uh, he said, "Don't bitch about the negativity when you've lost eight years in a row." Yeah, yeah, 
exactly. <laughs> Just start yeah. winning games and we're going to be more positive. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're right. No. And actually that word isn't that bad. Uh, but you know what? I was giggling Parker cause I'm so giggly always, but um, this coupled with my little escapade with Marie, when I, when I was posting stuff that I wasn't supposed to be, I'm, I got in trouble from the Canucks like twice now in this calendar year. <laughs> yeah. You're going to, they're going to ban you. Oh, I'm gonna do a thumbs down meme. I think maybe that's what I'm doing. Yeah, but we'll yeah see. so uh, by the way, guys, we are wrapping up right at nine because I have to go right at nine. So quick questions, fire in some really quick okay. questions. We'll answer like two or three of them. Um, and I mean, I've been answering. I mean, I'd spend my entire post game show answering questions, and it is <laughs> so they're they're not getting fun. Uh, okay. So I've probably answered most of them before, but yeah. uh, we will but, honor hey. your questions, your quick questions with quick answers because we know we only have five minutes. So we will we will pledge to try and be quick in our answers as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm gonna see if I can find some earlier ones. Sure. Um, but I, uh, Vangirl, a simple one. Do you think the Canucks turn it around? Not to the extent of making the playoffs. You? Yeah, I think I think again if they fire everyone and and it's enough to give them a bump, it's like, hey, well they'll miss the playoffs by ten points instead of twenty. Do the one uh, on top of that, Marcus. Is it safe to say that Parker is the Canuck version of Steve Dangle? I try so hard not to be like dramatic and yeah. and over the top, but it's getting to the point where I I can't help it because I'm just mm -hmm. I'm genuinely upset, right? I try to just be genuine. I don't try to play things up, but I'm genuinely mad. Like I'm genuinely upset that this is sort of the team that we're reduced to, uh, that we were promised was going to be a good playoff team and it's going to be a fun season, and this is what we get. Yes. Adam, Adam, the one he just put up is good. Someone suggested sending PD to Abby, but as far as I know, he has to go through waivers. He does, right? He's passed yeah, the. He can't the go through. Threshold. He can't go to Abbotsford. He would get claimed immediately. That would be a yeah. crazy, crazy, yeah. crazy. Uh, bad move. Uh, bad put move. on, put on Devin's because we never really answered. Um, I say Benning. You say. So I say Benning, but what do you think will happen? I still say I, I think. You and think I say they'd Benning. move Benning first? Yeah. Um, I think that green gets fired before Benning does. Mm. Um, and I think again, it's Jim trying to save his job. Right. And I was going to ask you actually earlier, do you put any credence into the argument that no, they wouldn't fire green because they just signed him to two years. And now you're going to pay your, his replacement and him two guys to coach, you know, one team or one job. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. And, yeah. and I think that's, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's an angle that Francesco has. Um, but also you're a billionaire that owns a multi or an over billion dollar valuation sports team base or like $750 million sports team. Right. Um, sorry if you have to spend a few million dollars to have a good right. team. I mean, the salary caps, 81 and a half million, right? Yeah. It's not like Travis green is a super highly paid coach. He's what two or 3 million. Uh, sure. Jim betting makes less than he does. I think Jim betting's just over one. Um, right. from what I've seen. So he's probably the easier fire, but yeah, I mean, look, it's a, he's on a two-year contract. It's not like he's on a four year and you're paying him <laughs> yeah, forever. Right. Sure. It's a, it's an extra couple million, uh, in the pocketbook, but if you want the team to be good, a good team makes up for that so quickly, right? If they don't sell another ticket all season, that's so much lost revenue, right? If the yeah. building's empty and they're not, there's no concession sales, there's no Jersey sales, there's none of this, then they're losing way more money than, than, Travis green is what is getting paid over the next two years. Right. But by, by that same argument, Parker, uh, if you fire betting, does he also get paid for the rest of his contract? I guess he does. Right. Same thing. I, I know that his contract's a little different as in like, oh. there's some, there's some options in it, but I, I don't okay. think his, his contract ends at the end of next year too. Right. And he gets paid less. So I think that's a bit less of a concern. Okay. Fair enough. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right. Time for one more. Okay. You pick and we'll answer. Uh, I don't have it open. Um, uh, Quatrob saying, how do you think Canucks fans will mm. react at Rogers Arena on Wednesday? So this is, again, this comes down to, do you think Francesco Aquilini is correct in thinking that it's a vocal minority on Twitter that you're not going to have, you know, people booing and a fire green or fire bending chant at the game. Um, I think it's going to be bad if they're losing. Yes, exactly. I, I think it'll be fine. They'll still cheer when they see the Marvel video, right? And yep. when all the players come out. But as soon as we give up a power play goal, Penalty kill. As soon as we screw up and, and go down to nothing or give up a late goal in the first period, yeah, it's going to get ugly, I think. Yeah, if the Canucks are losing this game, and I and they probably will be against Colorado in like the third period, if they're down like three goals, yeah, it's going to be bad. 
Um, and with that, we are going to wrap up. Thank you guys very much for hanging out with us. I got to get to the rink and go play some hockey of my own and hopefully do better than the Canucks do. Um, Clay, any parting words? Uh, Thank you everyone for joining us a bit early. When when one of us got something to do, we try and accommodate so we can still do the show. I think they're going to go one one and one. Parker thinks oh two and one. We're actually not that far off. Just a difference of a point there, or actually I guess two points. And I'll be at two of the games. And Parker, you can either be jealous or laugh at me at the end of the week. Yep, I will be sitting at home watching. <laughs> Anyways, thank you guys for watching us. Uh, again, you can find us. Uh, I'm Parker's Pucks. He's Canuck Clay. Uh, you can find us on YouTube. I do a post game show. He does videos every day. Uh, good content all around. So come watch us there. Follow us on Twitter. Do all that good stuff. And we'll see you uh, next week.